And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode number 59 today. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Old Bridge Pizza. Shout out to our guys at Old Bridge Pizza. Shout out to Larry. Shout out to Marco. Shout out to everyone over at Old Bridge Pizza. We have another sponsor for the podcast. Kurtzman, introduce our new sponsor. Chaos Gym, now located in Old Bridge, New Jersey, right behind Comfy on 516 in one of those, not in, it's outside, it's outside gym located behind Comfy. Sean McDonald of the Dolphins in our league runs the gym. Great workouts. He's a great trainer. Um, he's offering first month 50% off to anyone who has played in Bear Down or is currently playing in Bear Down at any time. Love uh, to see that. He'll obviously like confirm with me that you've played at one point or another, so that's just how it goes. But for the first month, it's going to be 50% off. I believe it is $120 a month. Ten, you get uh, ten, three classes a week. He has three times per day. So if you want any, all, any and all information, you can just DM chaos underscore NJ and Sean will help you out. They take pictures so you get yourself working out. Um, interactive workouts. I went to one last Wednesday and it was a very, I actually told him after I had, it was enjoyable to be working out. So if you don't want to go into a gym and you want to work out outside, get a good workout in, um, chaos is definitely the place to go. Yeah, uh, really cool workouts there. Shout out to Sean McDonald. Shout out to the people over at chaos i know like kurtzman said he went in got that work that work in that was I your threw, first workout I, I, a minute a long time threw up, up when yeah, he like said not, he said he was getting it's not that, that it's up. tough but it's just yeah. it's gonna push you so if you're looking to go to the get back into shape go, go to the gym um and you don't want to go inside a gym due to what's going on in the real world then this is a good way to still interact with people meet new people and still get your workouts in yeah all right uh really cool shout out to chaos for joining on and, and sponsoring the podcast yeah of course, Augie's here as well. Augie is back. Aug, how you doing today, kid? I'm doing good. Uh, great week of games, and I swear, after every week we play, I just can't wait for the next Saturday. So. And now Augie's, Augie's shopping film for us now too. So now the film. Um, I know everyone's obsessed with when the when is the film coming out. This podcast is going to be released right after we are done. So it is currently three thirty on, on Monday. Monday. So we're gonna release this. Everyone will probably hear around six or seven o'clock. And the film should be up in 24 hours. Yeah, all by the tomorrow games, night. All the games should be up yeah. by tomorrow night. Yeah, it was a holiday weekend. I know people were doing things yesterday. And so. pictures this week will be uh, available. Probably, probably when you're listening to this, they'll probably be available. If not, Tuesday morning. Yeah. Okay, very cool, very cool. So we got our content in check for the week. You will have this. Um, I just also wanted to, to say this. I also wanted to announce this. Not that it really makes a big of a difference for anyone's life. In here, but I may not be at some of the upcoming Saturdays. So, um, if you if you are listening to this and you want to help out with the filming, and if you're someone who either has a camera or um, knows how to work a camera and, and could film games, definitely hit us up because I'm I have some some work stuff going on over the next few weekend so um we may need some help out as well so definitely let us know if you are you know down to do that or available to do that so okay a couple of other things i wanted to make sure we get at the beginning of the podcast when everyone's definitely listening shout out to the photographer who will be with us more than likely the entire season his name is danny mcdonald i guess we're sticking with the mcdonald family to help us out <laughs> yeah. a lot um he is the younger brother of Sean, who runs the Chaos Gym we were just speaking about. He is going to be a photographer in place of Kyle Mapson for the season. Um, his at on Instagram is Danny MCD Photos. That is his at on Instagram. I want everyone to give him the same love on Instagram and socials as we did for Kyle Mapson. This is a great way for him to get his name out there. And plus, when you post the pictures give credit where credit is due and he I've seen a few of them so far they look a little bit different but I think they look a little bit better with the spotlighting of the players and stuff I think it's going to look cooler and yeah so shout out to Danny McDonald for doing that for us for the season and remember to shout him out on anything you uh, post Instagram Twitter anything Danny MCD photos yep love it love it make sure we tag him show him the love that we showed Kyle throughout the last few seasons all right let's get into the week two recap Six games. Six games to talk about here. We are going to go in order, as always. Uh, Kurtzman, we started with your game on the preview. Let's start with your game on the recap. Talk about how you feel about your team after your first game. Um, I think I'm happy that we played the way we did because it was good to see us not have instant success 
on offense early, have to strive through a little bit of adversity against a team who didn't look as impressive in week one. A lot of people were basically not writing them off this week, but just saying they didn't have a chance to beat us, and I didn't think that was true. I didn't prepare like that was true. So... I was happy that we didn't succeed. We were a little, not rusty, but we had a couple miscommunications on offense, led to some turnovers. Um, I'm happy we started slow and we were able to get through the adversity. We kept the energy high, I felt like. I felt like on other teams in the past, sometimes if the energy... Uh, Teams everywhere in the energy, you're not playing well to be in the game, energy gets low, it kills you for the whole game. But shout out to True, he kept our energy live the entire game. Scott, Dean, I heard, listen, Dean couldn't play a lot because he hurt his fingers, and he did everything he could from like coaching and bringing the energy. So I'm very happy to see that. Um, Gameplay wise, I thought we played amazing in the second half. We took advantage of mistakes, we hit them where they were weak, and I was very happy to see that we really executed our game plan probably from like the 10 minute mark of the first half through the rest of the game that was like our that was a very good stretch of play by my team so i just want to see us get better 40 minutes next we have to play a full 40 next time and we play i this next week so we have to play a full 40 but i am happy the way we played and guys made plays for me so uh, love what, that. what did you think about uh the way that the the panther not the panthers that's your team what did you think of the way about the alliance the Lions team looked in this game so i was doing stats for the packers bucks but i saw a few plays and before this game i thought kurtzman had the best team from top to bottom after okay. seeing his scrimmage his line play was unbelievable uh danino and julius are both number one receivers so I had high expectations, and then to see them get to a slow start, um, I wasn't really worried because it was their first game, but, like, the line wasn't as dominant as it was in the scrimmages. Yes, good point. But, um, I mean, either way, they, Kersman still has a top-end line, probably the best um yeah, I'm not ready teams. to say it's not the best after no, the first week. No, but it definitely we, – not that we got exposed, but I expected even better than the, my line played. Yeah, but – um. I, I was impressed. I saw Emrick making a lot of plays for the Seahawks. Uh, I can't comment too much because mm-hmm. I didn't watch the whole game. Okay. But, um, yeah, Kurtzman's team looked good. And I think the Seahawks were on the track of, like, you know, getting comfortable with each other. And they can make a leap in the next few weeks. I think um, to finish on your team, then, we'll get into the Seahawks a little bit here and some of the things that Augie just touched on. Um, Julius was an absolute stud. Like, I think he was the best player on the field in, in your game. Like, he was making plays, one-handed catches, run after the catch. Um, he looked really good. Rougeau had a really long touchdown. You know, First you talk, of the half. Talking about, you know, um, talking about making, you Guys know, making them pay on on missed flag grabs. Rougeau caught, you know, a short one and housed it. So, um, Rougeau, after he scores that, goes, uh, my over hit. He told me that his over was a lock before the game. His over, his over yards was a lock. So his over his over uh, hits, on, hits on one play. Um, I think Mike Danino dropped the touchdown, which I don't think I'll ever see again in my life. Um, but Mike Mike was good. Your entire team really played well. I thought you looked good, Kurtzman. I thought you made, you move, you move always move well in the pocket. And to give you some credit, I think you had some nice touch passes in this game. You know, not... You know, you, you obviously know you're not you don't have the strongest arm in the league, but I think you had a nice, you know, few floaters over the top, get it to your guys and, and you know, let them make plays in space. I think you targeted Julius twelve times. And I think it was you, Augie, who was telling me Julius is the perfect receiver to was it you or Dylan was telling me Julius is the perfect receiver to play with Kurtzman. So, um I think Julius is gonna be in contention for, you know, he led the oh, league. Boy. Yeah, you, another yeah, year of Opoy. Another year of leading the league in uh receiving yards and, and things like that. So he'll, he'll definitely be in that conversation. Yeah, I think also, I think Kurtzman, the Danino drop was the only ball to hit the floor. Is that correct? Cause that I, was the only ball. I went, yeah, I was 22 or 25. My three incompletions were the drop and the two interceptions. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so. so Kurtzman was on the money. Uh, it's crazy because after the game, I told you that I didn't think we played well. I didn't think Julie, I mm-hmm. like, I guess not, not that, like, I feel like you need to ask me about the game two hours after the game instead of right after because right after, I didn't think we played well. And I was like, yeah, I, we got I, work to do this week. But I go back, I watch the film again, I look at the stats, and I'm like, nah, we actually played really well. Yeah, we yeah. actually had a really good game. Like, Mike played really well. Like, I don't know. I think maybe I'm not giving my team enough credit. Maybe we played Maybe we played a good you're game. You're hard on your team. Let's, uh, I also want to I want to make sure that we're not satisfied. I want to improve. I need to get. We need to get better if we're going to win a championship. Of course. Let's talk about the Seahawks here and how they looked in this game. Yeah. Um, I think well, I want to start off by saying um, Emmerich, a little bit of a coming out party in this game. Emmerich has shown flashes. He showed flashes last season, you know, of, of things he could do. But you know, and then week one, he had that that pick one, pick, pick one, six, yeah. but it was it was on that one point extra conversion. conversion. 
But I thought Emmerich had a, had a really good game in this one. I think he had, what, eight or nine catches in this yeah. one? And Chase was really targeting him. I thought Chase looked better in this game. Um, it was going to be an uphill battle for them because, you know, you guys, on paper, you guys would have been the favorites in the game. The Lions would have been the favorites. Obviously, Chase's second game compared to Kurtzman, who's a, a vet at quarterback. You guys have looked really good in the scrimmages. They haven't really scrimmaged. They only played one game. And then, you know, now they have to come and play you in the second game. After playing um, Sobes week one. Yes, after playing Sobes week one. Listen, the schedule was randomized, like, randomized yeah. and they just got a bad draw to start. But like I told Chase, I'll let you get back to your restaurant to um, played two, best two of the best quarterbacks in the first two weeks. Yeah. Yes. So, so there's going to be a lot of winnable. Not saying the other quarterbacks are bad, but they're more winnable games, I would say, in my opinion. No, absolutely. And I think they looked better. Like, I think they looked much better they from did. week one to week two. Like, early in that game... I kind of thought it might have been a blowout early, but they kept it close. They and scored they, first. And they scored first, and they got in the end zone. And I didn't think – And I, I feel like I, they were putting pressure on the D-line as well. Like Kurtzman didn't have all day. He Chase was getting after moves. Kurtzman. Chase yep. sacked me twice. And I was talking to Emmerich about it after the game. He was like, what do you think that, you know, we need to do to, to improve? Like, how do we improve? And I was like, hey, you know, look at, like – we'll talk about the Bucks later, but look at, the like, a team like the Bucks with Joe DeMeo at quarterback. Like, they were just locking in on defense. Like – all right, our offense may not be there right now, but we have to play really good defense. And at first they play good defense, and obviously you kind of figure them out a little bit. But I think that team has a lot of defensive potential when you talk about Pip, when you talk about Paul, you talk about um, Johnny, Chase on the line. Like They have a, a lot of potential on that team yeah. to be really good on defense. And I, I, I said it after week one, I still really like their roster. So, you know, after playing them in that week or something, like, what do you think that they need to do differently to improve going so, into week three? Before I talk about what they what they need to improve upon, I want to talk about what I saw way differently from week one to week two. Okay. Um, usually, when I play quarterback, when I'm playing quarterback, and I the guys get to the line and get set, I look at each who's like, where's everyone? Where's everyone going to be going? Which player on the defense can I try to attack? When you looked at that, when I looked at their team, I saw Paul, Joe, Pip, Emmerich, and Jordan Fetterman, and those yeah. are four guys that you're not like, yeah, let's attack that guy, like guaranteed, like let's attack that guy, you know? Yeah. So. I felt like, harping on the point, they have a lot of talent on their team. They're going to make plays. They're going to see things happen. Johnny and Chase were giving me problems all day. They were getting through. They were making plays. Um, I think they need to just improve on fly grabbing. Mm. Fly grabbing is one of the biggest things in this. It's probably the biggest thing it's easily in the, the biggest thing in the if, Listen, if Rougeau doesn't, you, if you stop Rougeau for like a 15-yard gain, that means i got to go three more plays, four more plays probably, maybe even five more plays to get in the end zone. You don't want to allow teams to score on big plays because then it's, I mean, he's obviously, it's deflating. It's, it's so yeah, deflating. It's deflating because, like, all right, if it's third down and then we get a long 45-yard touchdown, it's like, wow, we almost had them to – we were about to have them punt if we just make a couple five grabs. We're in a different, completely different scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Chase needs to stand farther back when he takes a snap. I, okay. I Personally, from where I was standing, it felt like he was really close to the ball. I could be wrong, though. So I stand, like, six or seven or eight yards back sometimes. I tell my center, fling that. Fling it back to me. Get it back to me as you can because it gives me more time to step up, more space in that area to make moves. Um, th throw the easy routes. When you call the hitch, throw the hitch. Don't like – I feel like every single play for them was broken play. There was no drop back, throw the out. Drop back, throw the hitch. And that's not a slight to Chase. I've seen Chase do that before. I just think that they need to harp on that. In the huddle, Joe Pip comes off to Chase. Chase, I'm running a 10-yard out. Throw it. Just – catch the ball, look one way, come back, and throw me the ball. Because that just has to happen. He needs to get Paul more involved. Emmerich had a really good game, but Emmerich was playing line, so I think that when they have their full team there, I know Santiago wasn't there, they'll probably throw Emmerich back at receiver, which is fine. You do catch more off the line, I would say, because that's just like what happens if the rush gets by you. Yeah. But I think they're just going to be one of those teams that we say each week is getting better, and from week one to week two, they 100% got better. Absolutely. Because what I saw on film before the game, um, from week one and, bef and after the game this week, I was much more impressed and had a better outlook in my head about how their season can turn out going forward. Chase talked to me after the game. We talked about some stuff real br briefly, but um, I was telling him, "Listen, have a few plays like written down in your in your uh, in your pocket." Like I had, a, I have a paper in my pocket that has like six, seven plays. I usually forget to run, so I try to like run them. You know, like prepare preparation, especially now. Everyone taking this league as more seriously than probably anyone ever any league has been that we've run. You need to prepare. Have to watch film. Have to have plays ready to go. Oh, you got anything else on this game? Um, I mean, this goes for the Seahawks, but it also goes for any other team that's like struggling and trying to figure out what they could do. Look, if you make stops on defense or if you force turnovers, you're more than likely going to be in a chance to win. So I think just harping on the defensive side of the ball more than offensively will help. And... Um, yeah, just getting that one or two interceptions will 
literally changed the game. Yeah, and honestly, when I'm game playing for the week, I game plan twice as hard for defense than I do for offense. You have to. You have to. Have defense. To. Uh, we were talking about your game. We'll talk about it later. But yeah. you had so many stops and turnovers against Joe Mayo. Yeah, we were winning twelve seven for the for longest like time. A majority of the game, and it felt like a blowout because we were just playing so dominant on defense. Defense also up, uplifts your team. Yes. You get a stop. You are like the whole team is hyped. You get a pass breakup. The team is hyped. High like, energy. Uh, it really feeds. Defense into your comes whole from game. high energy. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's uh, do the stats on this one and get yeah. to the next game here. Okay, so Chase finished 28, 128 yards, three touchdowns, threw three interceptions, but that's so misleading because the two interceptions, two of the three interceptions were the last two plays of the game, the onside kick and the two-point conversion that he just threw up for grabs. Julius made two really nice plays. Um, Pip finished with three for 40 and a touchdown, had probably the best catch of the weekend, I'd say, with that one-handed Moss. catch, the Moss over Julius oh, and Nino. Oh, the catch yeah. of the year, maybe. Um, Paul finished one catch, eight yards, also had an interception and three tackles. Um, Emmerich, nine catches, 66 yards, two touchdowns, also made two tackles. Schaefer had a catch for five yards. Johnny had two catches, 17 yards. Chase had two sacks. And Jack Kujit had a interception and had a, le- a team-high four tackles on the day. And for the Lions, I was 22 for 25 for 207 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Also ran for 36 yards. And a touchdown, had one tackle. Julius finished 10 catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Two interceptions and three tackles. Mike Dino finished with four for 45, caught two conversions, a pass breakup, and a pick. Um, Rougeau had the long 45-yard touchdown, and he also made a tackle. Scott, one catch, five yards. Jarwar, three catches, 12 yards. True finished with three catches, 28 yards. A touchdown, a sack, and a uh, team high, four tackles. All right, let's get into the net other 10 o'clock game. The Packers making their season debut against the Bucks, making their season debut. Um, the Bucks end up winning this game, so let's start off with, with their team and how they looked. Um, I thought offensively, at first, they were, you know, a little, they were a little out of sync. Like you said, their, their first game, a little bit out of sync, I felt like. Um, the, you know, Joe DeMeo does connect with Mike Oliva on a deep ball. Um, Mike Oliva with one of the the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. As soon as the, the ball was snapped, he knew he was going to score a touchdown and started screaming, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, as soon as, as soon as the ball was snapped. So I thought that was funny, but... um. Really good ball by Joe. You know, you got a guy like Mike on the perimeter. You got to get it to him. You, you know, Joe DeMeo is going to be a guy, Kurtzman, something that you always say, get the ball to your number one, right? Get the ball to your number one receiver. You're, you're, just, you're best players. Your yeah. best players. And, and Joe, I thought, made a concerted effort to get Mike the ball. Um, I thought Mark DeMeo looked great. Mark DeMeo was playing like safety. Mark was playing like lines. Yeah, Mark leads league in interceptions. I just want yeah. everyone to know that. Yeah, Mar- yeah, Mark was making interceptions. He was making plays everywhere. Had really good energy the entire game. I thought their team played with a lot of energy. You see a guy like, even you know, guys on their team. Damian, high energy. John Romano, high energy. Sam Allen, high energy. All these guys made plays throughout the game. And, you know, we're speaking on defense. I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, Kurtzman, they only allow one score against the Packers, right? Yes. It, it, it was one a, a one-score game. It was really a one-score game the entire way through. Yep. And um, it, Billy Andrews in the in the back in the backfield, in the secondary, um, making plays, batting balls down. Like they have, they're a, like a veteran savvy team. You know, they don't really have. It, Mike Mike Oliva might be the youngest guy on their team. Yeah, possibly. And, probably. And probably. They, yeah. And you know, obviously, we know Joe is going to have his team ready to go every week. That's one of our favorite things about Joe. Um, I think you know you know they had, they will talk about the game against Augie. They had to play a doubleheader yeah. directly after, but in that first game, I thought they looked really good, and I was like, wow, this defense is really good. And it's not easy to hold Mikey and Miles and, and Vin. Vin and all these guys to, to one score, and it's not easy at all to do that. And they came out there and they played phenomenal defense. They had high energy. Um, I thought you know when you play against Mikey, you're gonna need someone to talk back to him. You're gonna need someone that's gonna sit there and talk shit with him. Billy stepped up to the plate, took the challenge, said, "I'm not gonna let Mikey just bully my team the whole day. I'm not gonna let Mikey call my team bums like Mikey always does." So uh, Billy was firing back at him, and I think you you definitely need that. You know, Mark's gonna go out there and be vocal as well. Um, I thought the Bucks' defense in this first game looked really good. Offensively, they were a little shaky, but when you have a playmaker like Mark, when you have a playmaker like Mike Oliva out on the outside. Um, you know, all it takes is a few big plays, and, and and you could get a win like that. Yeah. Um. So I went back and watched the film of all the games, so I have a good idea, even though I was playing during this one. Um. Defensive battle. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Offenses. Offenses got inside. Like got the first down. Got inside the twenty-five. Yeah, like Mikey was moving the ball, but he just couldn't, couldn't get it. Whenever they got 
it, both teams, whenever they got inside the 10 or the, the 20 or anything, really, the offense just stalled. And it now I don't know what it was, but that was the real story of this game was that really the 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 pack the um the Bucks won because they converted one touchdown inside the red zone and they had a bomb to Michael Leva. Yeah. That was the only big offense of the game um for them. And I think um, the stats. going into the season, Joe had planned on using Mark out wide, and I think he realized quickly that that it's not going to be. He can't. No, he can't do that because Mark is easily the best blocking lineman on that team and probably in the league. Yeah. So. To remove him from the line, you need to have a quick play drawn up. But uh, it also, when you move Mark off the line, it kind of keys to the defense. Like, all right, ball might be going to Mark, which you can use to your advantage for sure. But going back to the Bucks, I think that they knew they knew that their defense was going to be the the strong point of their team. Yeah, the strong point of their team. So they know every week if we hold teams to. Between fifteen and zero and fifteen points, we have a good shot away in the game. The offense is going to come alive. It's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Joe Joe says that the game's got a lot of things he needs to work on with his team and get better. And I fully guarantee that they will come back this week stronger than they were that stronger than they were the previous week. I think, um, and we'll talk more about the Packers. I'll, I'll kind of save them for their their twelve o'clock game because that's the game that they win. But um, <laughs> just in this game, they and Mikey knows we got them Mikey yesterday, Christian. They just struggled in the red zone. Like, they moved the ball fine. They got up and down the field. They just couldn't convert. And that's what happens when there's a lack of, you know, scrimmaging practices. Like, this is your first time really out there against another team with game intensity. Um, It it gets tough. You know, the the field shrinks and it gets tough to get into the end zone. So, I I think, you know, the Packers will be fine moving forward. Like we saw in the 12 o'clock game, it was complete turnaround. But um, they have a lot of playmakers on that team. A lot of guys who could go out there and, and score touchdowns. They have a lot of guys who go out there and make plays on defense as well. Um, I'm not worried about them at all, as we saw in the 12-30 game. But just in this game against the Bucks, they just struggled to get in the end zone. They could not convert in the red zone at all. And you have to give credit to the Bucks' defense there. So yeah. um, I think yeah, where, okay. where they also messed up early on. The Packers. The Packers. They had Miles guarding, I think, Mikey Friedman to start. Yeah. He needs to lock up the number one and take him out every single yeah, game. Yeah, like someone on that Bucks team needs to know, like, yo, yeah. I mean, not the Bucks, on the Packers team needs to know, yo, like, this is the guy we need you to yeah. cover today. Cause, listen, that comes with the preparing and scouting. Because I, I know once Miles checked on Oliva, I saw him press him and let's just say it's not going to be fun for a number one receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Miles decides he's going to try to lock down that day. Um, I think that. The Mikey did do well at least throwing the ball to his best player. Yeah, yeah. the ball. Miles Ma- had six targets in this game. I believe he had seven or eight targets in the second game. So listen, fifteen targets. Those in two screens games, to that's Miles is what's going to work. He's very athletic. He's yeah. going to get up the field. Guys He's a football guy. Flag. So I think Mikey needs to do that. Maybe more inside the ten. Throw a screen. Yeah. Cut, yeah. cut it big, in half. It's blockers. much easier to score from the five than yeah. the ten. So. I also think that the Packers have a good offensive line. Um, I was very Between impressed. Between and yeah. Latempa, you, you got Arena, Latempa. Yeah. You got Vinger Grant who can step in the line. Wiz looked Wiz good. looked very Wiz, good. Wiz looked really good catching. He almost had, yeah, he yeah. looked good on defense, too. Yeah. He almost yeah. had an interception. Had, had two sacks, I believe, in this game on Jordan Mayo. So, listen. Wiz looked very good, yes. I'm going to apologize to the Packers because I, on this podcast last week on the preview, I said that I was had a lot of questions about them. They answered the questions. They just need to improve and execute in the red zone because this game could have been... 24-12. Yeah. Very easily. The guy inside the 10, I think, two or three times, they didn't score. And their only touchdown, not to sound like this is like a bad thing for them, but the only touchdown was a jump ball that Vingarano happened to come down with in the back. Great throw in a placement, but that's not the offense that consistently wins in this league. Yeah. So they know they need to get better, and they need to get healthier. And that'll happen as the season goes on. All right, let's do the stats on this one and then get into the next games here. Yeah. So... Mikey finished 9-23, 106 yards through the one touchdown to Vingargano. Vingargano was one of three, uh, passing for 14 yards. Also had two catches, 19 yards, and the score also had a nine-yard rush. I liked what they were doing, um, moving Vin in motion, having him take the snap a few plays. Vin's a very good quarterback, as everyone knows, so you expect to see that um, as the season goes on. Vin Arena, 3 for 42. Miles, 3 for 56, made two tackles. Um, Latempa had one catch for two yards. Ritter made three tackles. Um, and Wiz had two sacks, um, a pass breakup, and had one catch for four yards. For the... 
Buccaneers, Joe finished 12-22, 130 yards, two touchdowns, had two rushes, 27 yards. Mark finished with two, only two catches for 13 yards, an interception, a pass breakup, and a tackle. Damian finished with uh, three catches, 11 yards, and a touchdown. Also made six tackles in this game. No surprise No surprise. We talk about on this podcast, Damian is probably one of, if not the best flag grabber. And like, yeah. I know I've been saying a lot of people are like best, but there are usually... When listen, you're a standout on your team, it's very important. When you're the guy who grabs all the flags, it's noticeable like he and had very important. six of the one, two, three, four. Six of the 11 flag grabs for this team. Yeah. Like, and obviously there's more than 11 plays. You have a lot of incompletions, out of bounds, guys falling, no flags being grabbed. So, yeah, he grabs flags. He's very good at it. Um, Mike Leo finished three catches, 62 yards, and that touchdown, the deep ball um, over Rich. Billy Andrews, two catches, 27 yards, and two tackles. Mikey Freeman, two catches, 16 yards. Slim, but a big pass breakup late in the game. Yeah. Didn't talk about Darnell. Good player on defense, makes plays, um, knows his role. Oh, I'm completely sorry. I thought Darnell looked very good as well. No, I think he he's I think he's a big part of their yeah. team and what they're gonna do because he's a big body who could play line, who could drop back into the secondary as yeah. well. So um let's get into the uh let's get into the eleven fifteen games here. Oh, we could start off with your game if if you would like to here. Sounds good. Alright, let's talk about the Panthers versus the Bucks. The Bucks we just talked about just discussed in great length. They um they play a back to back here because obviously week one, whatever um, Og, how do you think your team looked in this week two? You guys, you know, were, were lost the first game of the season against IB and the Falcons, and then you're coming into this one. You don't want to fall to zero and two. I thought you guys came out really good defensively. What was what yeah. was the game plan in this so one? So defensively, I was super uh, happy about. We were making stops all day long. Uh, I think we made them punt like maybe. Three times. Three times. Yeah. I think it was three times. Which uh, and Billy was dying. And that's punts. a yeah. lot. Forced, three punts is a lot in this league. Yeah. Forced three turnovers. I mean, two of them did come. Uh, garbage ish. Yeah, time. garbage time. But no, it, it, was, it wasn't change, really right? garbage time, though, because we were up, uh, I think, 12 7. Uh, I get the pick six, and that's when we kind of turned it up. Started turning it on. But um, offensively, uh, I was very happy. I wanted to get Nick Zalek involved, and he had a great day. Uh, Denoya had a touchdown. I, I think everyone touched the ball on offense except Nick King. And Matt. But, and <laughs> Marol, who I said was going to have a big game, but <laughs> yeah. was not expecting Damian to line up on doesn't him. Always so. go, doesn't always go as planned. Um, but uh, I know what Nick could do on offense, so I was just excited to see uh, more of Nick Zalek, more of Joe, more of Liam, more of Rob, more of the new guys. For so, sure. Um, I'm happy with my team. I'm excited uh, play Mikey next Saturday. Already can't wait. Rob Torino leading the Panthers in sacks yes. through two games. Shout John out to Pace for double digits. So sh- league, yeah. league's on notice. League is on notice. Shout out to Rob Torino. Um, of course, uh, Nick King. Welcome back, Nick King. I think he Nick makes had a, a huge, pick. huge defense. Nick King get, gets well. a pick every game. It feels like Nick Fact. King. Uh, I got the new nickname for Nick. It's it's Night Shift Nick since he switched. He is it. obsessed with the Night Shift. <laughs> he, is, oh, he said it about he said it about six times while filming the it's, game. It's, it, cra- it, it, it cracks me up because he just he wasn't supposed to play and then he switches to the Night Shift. So then yeah. Night Shift Nick is just. Gonna crack. And then of course Nick's leaving. He goes, "Oh, I gotta go with the Night Shift." Like Jesus <laughs> Christ! I'm sitting here like, bro, I'm gonna kill it before it gets started. Um, Take a shot every time TJ says Night Shift. Yeah, Nick. he might be done. Nick actually <laughs> sent me. Um, Nick actually sent me a podcast to listen to today that I still have to check out. So um, shout out to Nick because I think he makes a big difference for your team. I think this is a game where it looks good because. We know what Connor Romano could do, obviously, and this is a game where he really wasn't that needed. I don't know his exact exact stat yeah, line. Offensively, but he didn't do much, two but catches. yeah, defensively, he's he's so good, man. He could lock up any number one, I think. And when he's blitzing out of that slot position, and th- how many sacks did Connor have? Only only had the one. Oh no, two. Oh no, it would have been two if. Um... That was called the second okay. seven interception. He hit gotcha. one, but he but was yeah. in there a lot when I was watching the film. Yeah, no, like, when Connor was Connor going, he was right on Joe's ass. So yeah, yeah. I thought you guys made a couple of key adjustments. I'm not gonna like go into them really, but you made some adjustments in the second half that I thought I saw differently, and it obviously worked because your defense went from really, really good to dis- taking over the game yeah. and making the big difference in the game. So. I felt like your team did a lot of things really well. I like the way you guys bounced back from week one. Yeah. It's so important to not get down on yourself for one loss. Like It's a long season, man. Most teams, every team except for my team, has eight games now remaining. Oh, no, uh, and the Cardinals have nine games left as well. Um, so one loss, two losses in a row, it does not kill you until it, until we're in week eight, week nine, and the playoffs are rounding into form. So if you're 0-2 right now, it does not matter. 
anything can happen, and um, I'm happy to see that you guys bounce back in a big way. Defense played amazing. Offensively, I thought you looked a lot better with throwing the ball. I feel like you said you were a little rusty in week one. Yeah, no, definitely. Even after my pick six, I feel like I was on the money with all my throws. Yeah. Um, Throwing on the run, opposite direction. Yeah, you, you threw know. one going we back. Weird going arm angles. Yeah, yeah, we were talking. Yeah. Actually, I want to say that. We were talking because um, my boy Evan from Boston was in today, and he comes to the league once a year to see people play. And we were just like, damn, Augie's just a beast. Like, just super athletic. Looked really fluent. Like, just really, really, like, it looked natural. Like, the arm angles, like you, you mentioned, like, Augie's arm angles he's were got, great. He's I thought got all the arm angles to all, like, like, when you watch, like, I think when you watch guys like Sobes, IB and Augie, just guys who could just make any throw, any angle of their arm. And even someone like Vin Gargano, when he plays quarterback, is like this as well. But just the different arm angles you could throw out, very impressive. I thought your team looked really good. And you guys know I picked Augie. To, he was my preseason pick to an MVP. Nice way to get back on track and, and make a, start making a run at that MVP award. Yeah. Uh, let's do stats on this one before we move into the other Yeah, wait, I just want to say, we're All not right. going to talk about the Bucks this in this game just because we just talked yeah. about them in depth for their last, their last game. Um, they were just I gassed thought, in this one no, to me. They were gassed, and one, once again, for the second straight game, the offense just didn't click. I mean, one touch, they only scored one touchdown one this touchdown. game, I believe. I think so it was that's, Yeah, and that's, no, Mark, uh, Mark had the touchdown, okay. I believe. Um, I think that just comes with the fact that, A, they were gassed, B, they didn't have a week to now prepare for the next game, so you're running your same, whatever you planned for to run against the Packers, you're kind of doing the same things in this game. And honestly, so. um, if, any, if I give any advice, the most time I felt pressure is when they would send Mikey Friedman, like, on a surprise blitz. Okay. Because, look, Mark's going to manhandle anyone that's in front of him, but I know I could maneuver around Mark. Guys like Damian and Mikey Friedman, who are fast and shifty, it's hard to, you know, run around them all day long. So I would like them to uh, blitz more speed guys, and For I think sure. that, that will help them. No, for sure. And Mark blows up the line, which gives guys like them yeah. room and energy. And sometimes you got to use two to block Mark. Like, it's not – they got a weapon, so mm -hmm. they need to use him in every way they basically possibly can, especially on the defensive yep. end. Um, so I'll do stats real quick. Jordan Mayo finished 10-22, 84 yards, so two interceptions, one touchdown. Um, two catches, 21 yards, and a touchdown. Also, he threw three interceptions. I apologize. Um, Marta Mayo got a lot more involved in this game catching the ball. Caught five balls for 41 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. Also had an interception um, and a conversion caught, so he did a lot for them on offense. Mikey Freeman had a catch for 10 yards and two tackles. Damian had a sack on you and two tackles. Michael Leva, three catches, 30 yards. Also had an interception. And Billy Andrews, one catch for three yards. Also had two pass breakups on defense. I like they ran a, um, a Sam Allen trick play where Sam Allen like got the ball yeah, through and like game. I just think that's way that, yeah. no, that was that was not the end of the game that was 197 I thought it was no I lied it was 24 7 yeah, that was 24 yeah. 7 but little, I think they need to uh, Sam has good ideas and Joe said he loves Sam in the huddle yeah, that's what Sam, he said the game. Sam had great ideas for Notre Dame last year um, I, I talked to him a little bit and I think uh, you know Joe it would, it would be a good thing to listen to what see what uh, no. Sam has in mind. Yeah, Sam, uh, he was saying how it's just like when you're a quarterback, every time you're in the huddle, everyone's looking at you. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the call? And I'm sitting there. I know a lot of times I'm sitting there like just in my mind thinking like, what haven't we run a lot? Like it's yeah, good yeah. to have a second guy who a has played quarterback in this league, so he's had to call plays. B he's a good sports mind. Sam it's always good to have someone about. like that in the huddle yeah. that will throw ideas. It just changes. Yeah, it just changes your mindset sometimes. Because like, there'll be times even when I'm in the huddle, I'll just. Look at Mercy. He's like, all right, what do you want to do here? Like, like what are you thinking? What are you seeing? Yeah, like, like, you need guys it's, like it's that. It's hard to, you know, come up with a play every single play the whole game. So teams, people who have played on my team, they know like the play calling isn't as crazy as it needs to be. You know, mm -hmm. to be good. I'll uh, finish up stats real quick. Augie, 10 of 20, 127 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, three rushes, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a pick six and two tackles. Connor Mono, just two catches for 20 yards, had a sack. Uh, two tackles. Nick Zalek, little coming out party for him. Three catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Also made two pass breakups on defense. Joe Noya, one catch, five yards, touchdown. Interception and two pass breakups. Joe Noya had a nice day. Uh, Rob Torino had a conversion caught for you as well as a sack. Uh, Verdesco caught two balls for 30 yards. And Liam Riley caught a two-point conversion nice as well. conversion, yeah. And Nick King with that pick early in the game, Yeah, Nick too. King. Oh, I'm sorry. Nick King, uh, interception and a pass breakup. Yep, nothing on offense. Nope. Alright, let's do the other 11-15 game. The Patriots versus the Dolphins. 
Um, this one was a shootout. It was a really exciting game. Um, let's start with the Dolphins. Obviously, they, they end up taking the win here. Um, I thought Sobes was phenomenal in this one. Dylan obviously continues to make his case for, for early frontrunner. Um, offensive player of the year, another two touchdowns. I'm pretty sure he's tied with the league leaders. With a few um, there's a few cancer. guys that, that have four touchdowns there. Just so we can get out of the way. I'm not going to drop stats till like week four. It's not like, I don't know, yeah. it's not. Like you're seeing two two stats worth of games, two games worth of stats. You don't really want to. Like that doesn't just give a big picture. So uh, after week four, stats we posted on the website as well as on Instagram, Twitter, all socials. Continue. Yeah, I just, I thought this one, you know, it, it was a lot of back and forth. I thought early on, um, you know the Dolphins. They they were started off. Not I don't want to say they started off slow, but it was it was uh, seven points in the first half. That's slow. Mm, okay, correct. It, it was a little slow. No, you, you didn't remember that. Like, I didn't know. I, I, I yeah, I, I didn't know the it was, stats. I watched the film three times. Like. I just remember it was like at the beginning of the game. I was like, okay, well the Patriots are here. I think they were scored, up. They scored first. And, yeah, they were and up. They got Dolphins got back and scored. Pat scored before the half, and that was really yeah. So, so it was like fourteen to seven ish. Twelve seven ish. It was two scores to one score. Um, and then they obviously turn it up a little bit. So as we know. Talked about it with Augie. Just very impressive to the eye. He's going to make all the throws, all the arm angles. Um, you know, you see, uh, I thought Morick was really good this week for them. Um, I thought Cody Norton, another game where he was really good. Um, we know Dylan. I just I just said Dylan's going to come out and be a beast every week. TJ Angstad, you know, is going to come out there and be super athletic and make a bunch of plays. We talked about Sean McDonald last week on the pod. I thought he came out, played really well. Thing about Sobes that I really liked about his team is when you look at the targets, the target breakdown, it's super spread out. There is one, two, three, four, five, six different players with three or more targets. Like everyone is is getting the ball on this team. Everyone's getting an opportunity to get the ball. So it, it's you know that that's what it's gonna that's what it's gonna look like when when you have a winning team like that. When you play with someone like Sobes, if you get open, you do the things you know you run the routes that you're supposed to run. He's gonna get you the ball. He's gonna deliver it on time and on target. So um, the Dolphins just looked really good in this one, and especially in that second half after a slow start. You like to see a team be able to go through a little bit of adversity. So yep. um, you know I thought this was a really good win for them, and I thought this was. Um, it's important not to just come out and blow every team out. It's important to, you know, okay, we started slow, and, and now how how do we react to that? Yeah. No, and listen, I said it um, when someone asked me if someone's going to go undefeated. I said, listen, I don't think so because I think it's hard to come and come ready to play 10, 10 straight weeks. Like, you see NFL teams that get upset by teams that aren't as good because it's hard to come out every Sunday and play your best or for us Saturday and play your best. Like, guys are going to have off games, and um, Soap started out slow, but they were able to come back uh, strong. He threw for another 200 yards today, um, or on Saturday. He played really well. He would tell you that first half was just not what was supposed to happen or how it was supposed to go, but the Patriots played really well. And to, I guess, wrap up the Dolphins, now to talk about the Patriots, um, you got to love when the ball is spread amongst six players on it, of the team because... Yeah. That just makes, A, it makes the game more fun for everyone. Everyone's getting involved. Everyone's making plays. Everyone's doing things that are contributing to the team winning. No, It's always, it, I can only imagine what it feels like if you don't like, I don't know, if you don't touch the ball one week, it's like, oh, I didn't really contribute to this win at all. But he gets everyone involved somehow, gets everyone feeling like they're a part of the team, making plays. And uh, no, Soaps played really well. And I was really excited to see the Dolphins come back from adversity in the first half. Let's but, talk about the Patriots. Yeah, let me start. Tommy's good. Tommy's a beast. Tommy was doing things that most people don't do in our league. He had running back a lot of plays behind him and running fake handoffs, a lot of timing routes, a lot of this is what we did in college, and I'm going to try to make it work here because I have a pretty Tommy ran an RPO line. and threw a dot over the middle to Giuseppe, was uh, it? I Giuseppe, think? yes. Giuseppe had two touchdowns uh, in this yeah. game. He has come out as a really big player for them. Giuseppe is on all-team watch. Yeah, no, for sure. He definitely is on all-team watch um, for Rookie of the Year watch for a lot. There's a lot. Listen, um, they have a lot of good guys, but it seems like Giuseppe and uh, Tommy got a nice connection on the field because they played together in high school, so they throwing, he was throwing to them in high school a little bit, and it seems like it's working out here in the league through two weeks. Uh, he has three touchdowns caught. Tommy is really good. He ran a lot more plays. They were a lot more uh, prepared. The big thing for them, they only had one turnover this week. If that's they the, played their game that they played this week they, in week one, oh, they easily win. And that's why I always say, and this says in the NFL also, the biggest changes in a season are week one to week two. Because yeah. you find out, all right, this didn't work, this didn't work, this didn't work. Now let's make all these changes and do it different in week two. And usually when you realize what doesn't work and you do things different, the different things are usually lead you to more success. Yes. Um, I would love to see Abby get more involved on offense. And I'm going to say that immediately because I think that he is such a mismatch for anyone out there. And I'm not saying you need to force the ball to him, but there's 
there's guys that you know need to get the ball thrown to them, and he's one of them. And I'm not saying this is sort of a rift between Tommy and Abby. I think Tommy knows he needs to get him involved. He threw him a dot over Dylan. Yeah, threw him a dot. He had three. uh, Abby had three targets, so it wasn't like he didn't see the ball at all. But at the same time, you need to get your best players the ball. Abby is your best player. I liked what I saw of him at defense, defensive line. He was doing a good job containing Sobes. Um, I think that he is going to find his role continually going yep. forward. Tommy knows. It's also kind of hard because he's trying to get a lot of guys in on offense. But there's just plays in the game where Abby needs to be on the field. And even if you're not going to throw the ball to him, out there is a decoy taking away a number one taking away a number one corner. Maybe a safety over the top help opens up a lot of things for him. Um, Abby played a lot on defense, not as much on offense. I would love to see him play 90% of the snaps because that's what your first-round pick kind of needs to do. Um, I think I thought, Austin played yeah. really well on the line. I think Giuseppe, yeah, Giuseppe did very good uh, receiving the ball and making plays. Um, Kodras had a lot of chances for big plays. They're going to connect this season for sure. Um, we'd love to see more Pauly called in auto on offense. No catches, no targets. Uh, made a big interception on defense. Made a couple tackles. Um, I would like to see him get the ball a little more. Also, Christian played very well. Christian and was Dane Lupton had a little bit of a coming out party. He had a little like a five play stretch where he caught the ball. I think all four of his catches were basically in this like stretch of six or seven plays. And um, he looks good running running with the ball. He's a good athlete. I'm pretty sure he was um, when I was looking up who he was. He was a team MVP at Fairleigh Dickinson his senior year on defense. So he's a good athlete. He makes a lot of plays, and I think you're going to see him making a lot more plays. He's an undersized kid, but he's playing line for them. So he's got heart. So I'm ready to see the. Patriots take everything that they just did in week two and only improve it in week three because they are a team now that I am looking at as when we're in week nine, week ten, and we're seeing who the championship I don't contenders. Want to play them in the playoffs. You, that's a team that I think come that time you won't want to see Tommy because Tommy's the type of kid that can put up points. He put up a lot of points in this game, four scores, twenty five points. So no shame in losing to Sobes, none. none at all. And I thought they looked really good this week. Major improvement, probably the most improved team from week one to week two, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, they definitely looked really good. And um. You know, getting Christian this week, who wasn't there first week, obviously made a huge difference. Like you said, like to see Ab a little bit more involved in offense, you know, use his size, especially in the red zone to convert. But I think Tommy and Giuseppe's um, connection, it's really good. And obviously, it, it's evident that there's previous chemistry there because yeah. he just gets him the ball. And, you know, like I said, you wrote that little RPO play dot over the middle for the touchdown. I thought it was beautiful. I think Tommy moves really well. And this Patriots team is just not a team that I'd want to see. Like you said, Paulie and Jay Kodros had zero catches in this game. Yeah. Combined for zero catches. Like, those are two guys, big bodies, receivers, that could go up and get the ball and, and have any game where if I came here and read you the stat line and said seven for 100 and a, two touchdowns, you wouldn't be shocked at all by no. it. So I think this team could be very dangerous moving forward. I think this is going to be a playoff team. And I know they're sitting at 0-2 right now, but um, they're they, about to, they, they, I think I, they're about to start popping off some wins. In yeah, a I think they're going to rip, rip uh, off some wins here. One thing I also want to say is, so we're talking about the receivers, how you need to get everyone involved a little bit. They got Abby, Giuseppe, Jay Kodros, Suli, Pauly, uh, and Christian as like their main receivers. Yeah. That's a lot of guys that you can just be rotating in and out. Not You don't have to necessarily like, um, it's like, like I try to rotate guys in during each drive to keep them uh, not getting cold on the sidelines. That's something with six guys that can really like make plays with the ball in their hands. That's um, a good way of getting them all reps is just rotating in and out. You throw a deep ball incomplete, hey, hop off. You, hop on. Like It's it's little things. Um, I also like that Tommy didn't throw the deep, the deep ball as much. First game, I felt like he relied on it a little bit too much. This week, I know they scored on one with Abby, but it was nice to see them progressively move down the field, um, have good five, six-play drives that ended in touchdowns. I wanted to say this about them as well before we do the stats and, and move on to the next game here. I absolutely hate the defense when you don't rush the quarterback. Oh, my God, yeah. I hate it. Like, 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 I hate Christ. that. Like, the I know Patriots you, were doing it. It was bad. You have you cannot do that. You Especially can't, to Sobes. You can't do that against Sobes or IB. No. You can't do that. You, have, you have to put pressure on the quarterback. If you let Sobes sit there and pick you, like, he'll pick you apart. Mm-hmm. You have to get after the quarterback. They had zero men rush on plays. Multiple, zero people yeah, no, a lot of running at Sobes. Now that and that's, that's like a that free, was... It's a free 15 yards. Yeah. Anytime he could run, he could throw a touchdown on it. I absolutely hated that. That needs to go. Take yeah, that out of your game. Take, I think, and also it's weird because that was their, um, they were playing well in the first half, and their their halftime adjustment seemed to be to stop rushing, but I felt like they were getting good pressure, at least making it a little bit difficult on Sobes, holding them to just seven points in the first half. Um, when you allow Sobes and IB and other guys in the league to just sit back and fire, they're going to be accurate and they're going to complete balls if people are open, especially if you're playing man. If you're playing zone, he throws the ball way too, he throws the ball hard enough to where he's 
window shopping the entire game on a, on his own. So you need to cause pressure. I think to all quarterbacks, you need to send pressure. Now, I'm not telling you send four guys every play, but you got to mix up your coverages, bring blitzes from different places because you know what? You might catch a team running a screen when you're sending one guy or two guys, so now you have five guys to play, and it's a lot easier to make the play. Or vice versa, you send four when they have three guys going deep. Yeah. It's There's ways to catch teams on plays with your defense matches up better with their offensive play. So change up coverages. Don't rush zero. That is probably the worst thing you can do. And when I was watching that, I wanted to scream out like, hey, stop doing that. But I feel like you got to figure that out. On I your think own. I was screaming out, stop doing that. You might. So. You probably were. Probably were. <laughs> okay. No, that was good. Um, stats. I guess cl- yeah, stats. Galante, 18 of 29, 215 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Also had a r- one rush for 10 yards. Abby, three catches, 24 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a pass breakup and a conversion caught. Um, Giuseppe Capasso finished seven catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Paulie had an interception and two tackles. Suli had a tackle. Austin uh, had a sack and a pass breakup. Christian Caratara with four for 46 and a touchdown. And Dane Lupton, four for 55 on the day. And for the Dolphins, Sobes finished once again over 200 yards, 17 of 26, 200 yards um, through four touchdowns and one interception. Also had 40 rushing yards. Also had his, uh, his own pick six on defense. He's always one of the better defensive players in the league. I expect him to be on all teams for defense as well. Dylan, Four for 85 and two touchdowns. Uh, had a sack and a tackle. Sean, two catches, 15 yards and a touchdown. Morick, two catches, 17 yards. Hughes, two catches, 10 yards and caught two conversions. More important catches than regular five-yard catches. Cody, second straight week, he scores a touchdown. He had three catches, 33 yards. And TJ Angstead, four catches, 40 yards. And, oh, oh, there's no interception here. That's, that's so weird. I feel like every week there's an interception. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and Buster had a big pass breakup actually in the end zone on a good, a well-thrown ball, and he made a really nice play on it. So um, shout-out Buster. First game of the season. Happy to see him back in the league. All right, let's uh, move on to the twelve thirty games here. Let's uh, do the Falcons versus the Bills here. Um, I'm just going to come out and say this one was a blowout. This one wasn't really close at all. No. Um, the Falcons, we know. I don't want to spend too much time speaking on the Falcons. And honestly, I think this is a bad matchup for the Bills as well. When the strong point of your team is going to be your defense and your defensive line, the way that the Bills roster is kind of constructed is for them to have a really good defense. Because we saw the Bills play really, really good defense against the Patriots and Tommy, who mm-hmm. looked really good this, this week, week, who we just talked about. But when you're going up against IB, who could just sit in the backfield and really run around for 20 seconds and just make every single one of your defensive linemen miss and, and not be able to grab his flag, it's going to be tough on you. Yeah. Justin has a good game. Johnny Mack was electric. He had a play where um, it was, I think he was supposed to throw it. It was Back like a design. To throw to somebody. Throw. I don't know. Wasn't there. He took his time, patience, and then just broke up the field and no one could touch him. Um, Jack didn't have his his normal you know bomb touchdown. He ends up catching a touchdown anyways, but usually he's good for a bomb. Uh, Sedano had a really nice catch that was called back, but um, the line the line play between Dean Cologne, Fadi, Jake like they Jason were Jason Ramos. Also. Yeah, they they were they were out there like they were they were out there um, you know battling against especially against that line. With we talked about you know Misha Suroff, Cobran like we talked about those guys and how we really liked their line and they battled. And I don't think the line was much of a problem at all for the Falcons in this one. But um, like again, you 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 talk about it. Another very underrated flag puller is Jack Starner because we talk about Justin and how he he grabs the flag as well. I'm looking at the stash here right now. Jack with another three tackles again today. Like Jack makes plays. I be on, on especially on defense. Um, I be in the secondary. He's all over the field. Sedano rushing the quarterback all over the field. Like they're just flying all over the field. They're a super athletic team. We know about them. We know what they're gonna do. They came out and they showed out this week. So, Kurtzman, do you have anything to say on the Falcons before we talk about the Bills? Um, they played really well. Looked really good on film. I didn't see any of this game live. I saw it all on film, so that was my first look at it. Um, they look really fast on film, and if you don't have the roster construction of having speed rushers and guys speedy in the secondary, it could be a tough day for your defense. Um, you need to game plan when you play against. I mean, you need to game plan every week. Yeah. But when you play IB, you better come ready to play because more than likely they have enough athletes that are going to be playing well on that given day to make enough plays to have a very good chance of winning the game. So with that all being said, they're probably the best team in the league right now. Yeah. And um, 
it's going to take someone beating them and beating them convincingly to really change my mind, I guess, about that. Yeah, so that's kind of how I feel about them going forward. IB didn't have a lot of really big game doing anything. Uh, the Bills kind of got stopped every single time inside, like a fourth down, didn't get in the end zone. So um, the Falcons' defense is really good. So you yeah. got to make plays to beat them, and I want to get more and talk about the Bills. Falcons, we gave you your flowers. You played really well. You're the best team in the league right now. But we got to get – we got to um, – Harp on getting all the other teams up to standard, giving them what they need to do to make plays and win. I mean, I, there's really not much we could even say about the Bills in this one because I just think it's a, I just, like I said before, it's such a bad matchup for them. Like it, it's just it's not a good matchup. Sure off, it doesn't have the worst game in the world. He's twelve, he's twelve of seventeen for 126 yards and a touchdown. Like it, it's not, it's not you know twelve of seventeen is not a, not a bad game at all. It's just you know what what are you really supposed to do? I think he did a really good job of getting Q involved. You know, you got Q with seven targets here and five catches. Like like we said, talk about it. Get your number one receiver the ball. Zach Sheree, six targets on five catches. Like, really, like, you know, he's throwing his guys the ball. Prem, a little bit involved, only had one catch on the day. But he's throwing his guys the ball. None of his linemen really, you know, Misha had three touchdowns the first week, I think it was. On three catches. And three catches, and then he didn't really do anything. You know, this week he had one catch for two yards and a touchdown. He didn't really do anything on the offensive line. Amir, no catches. Coburn, no catches. DeRose, no catches. Um, Steve, no catches. Like, they, they, I guess you could say maybe they need to get, you know, a little bit more um, – of the linemen involved, how we kind of similar, how you saw in week one, how Mitchell went off. But when you're down big and you're trying to get big chunk plays, you're not going to, you're not looking to throw to your linemen. I thought Sarov, he looked, I don't think he looked bad at all in this game, you know, just in terms of how he was moving around and how he was delivering the ball. It's just when you get down big, your entire game plan changes, everything changes. You lose the life of your team, the energy goes down. Um, you know, but they, they fall to one and one here. That's why that week one win is huge. Was absolutely huge for them because now they're one and one just like most of the other teams in the league. So um, um I, I don't I don't really have anything do you have anything really to say about, yeah, about so them in no, this one? I, I listen, I watched the film so I like I got to see like what I thought. They didn't play bad. They just kept not getting the first down. The amount of times that they either punted or had like third and three or fourth and three and just didn't convert. Um you just need to execute those plays. And the thing with playing against IB's team is if you don't match them with scores, they're going to score and run up the score. It, it, I, I don't know how quickly in the game it became such a blowout, but it seems like it was score, the stats. It was stop, score, stop, score, stop, score. Like the Falcons played a perfect game, honestly. Yeah. And I know how you say that they don't have the be- the best roster to match up. They could kind of match up skill-wise. No, they, have, they have a very good roster. I'm not saying that. It's just... When the focus of your team is your defensive line, which I think it is on yeah, this team, yeah. and you're relying on that to really carry you home on defense, Against even though you have guys be, like Zach yeah, and, and Q in the rough, secondary, yeah, 100%. it's just going to be rough. No, you're right. And I think this is for the Bills. This is one of those games where you watch the film, you, you break it down, and then it's like, okay, we're never watching this again. It happened. It's yeah. over with. You move on to the next game. Luckily for them, they got a big week one wing, like you just said, and now they are one and one and still in a prime spot to in the league it's only two weeks in like i said long season a lot of time to get better i know they had a long talk as a team after the game yeah it seems the, the second team that ib has beaten really bad in the last two seasons that kind of turned their season around got a little more serious about it after they lost we saw the 50 nothing ucla uh, ucla in the fall last year and then rob l goes and beats augie the next game in the same day so i just think that as the league gets going further into the season you're going to see a lot of teams having like practices during the week maybe um game plan more game planning i think everyone's realizing i i'm gonna say it honestly the falcons take this league the most seriously in my opinion yeah they had a pasta party they had a pasta party where almost all every player on the team showed up they actually like each other they actually play together well and um one that's attributed to a lot him i'd be driving a lot of his friends but at the same time not all of them are friends on the same grade you know there's a lot of kids there's a lot of different places different faces um they take the lead the most serious at the moment, in my opinion. And IB watches that film over and over again. He breaks it down. He told me he watches it one time for each player to see what he's doing on his team. He'll watch it once for Justin, once for Jack, once for and just watch that player every play to see where can he get better. What can oh, I, th- I wanted him to do this. Oh, but he did this. Like so, what people they, need to take away take, from them. No, they take it the most serious, and that's why they're two and zero, and they look like the best team in the league. So, Bills, you're gonna get better. I'm. I don't remember the schedule for this week coming up, but. Um, they're going to start rattle. I, I know we say a lot of teams are going to rattle off wins, but they're going to be a, a tough out every time out there. Yes. 
Let's do stats on this one and move on to the last game of the day. Like you said, Serov, 12 of 17, 126 yards and a touchdown. Also had five carries, 15 yards. Misha had uh, one catch, two yards, and it was a touchdown. Q, five for 33. Zach, five for 87. And Prem had one catch. Uh, two pass breakups for Q and one pass breakup for Zach. And for the Falcons, IB, 8 of 12, 78 yards. Uh, also had three carries, 22 yards. He threw touchdowns to Justin, Johnny, uh, Jack, and Sedano. Sedano also had a rushing touchdown, and so did Johnny McAlevey. Um, I'm sorry, Sam didn't have a receiving touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown. So they run the ball, too. Only yeah. team league really runs the ball. Option. Watch the film. You'll see what they do and why it works. So um, they also, Johnny had a pass breakup, a couple tackles. Jack and Justin had their usual three tackles. IB, three tackles and a pass breakup. Also ran in a two-point conversion. And Jiggy, fumble recovery on the second play of the game. Kind of immediately changed the complexion of the game. Nice. All right, last game of the day here, uh, Packers-Ravens. I'll start with the Packers. They win the game. Um, complete turnaround from game one to game two. Vin Gargano accounted for every single touchdown they scored in the in this conversion. game and every single every conversion. I want to get that out of the way right now. Three touchdowns, two conversions receiving, one conversion throwing, game winning pass breakup, and he had one of the weirdest plays where Harnish was back against the end zone. He kind of punched it out a little bit, pushed him, made him lose the ball, and it flew out the back of the end zone for a touchback. Yeah, um, crazy. He basically, not saying the Packers didn't as a team play well, but they made all the big plays for them, and he showed why, even if he's not playing quarterback, he can still dominate this league. Yeah, Vin was absolutely phenomenal. Um, Mikey was much better in game two as well. Um, I, I know Miles wasn't, you know, Miles had that, that one play where he kind of ran backwards a little bit, just kind of a tackle football mentality. Uh, mentality. But um, I thought Miles looked really good as well. I, I know Mikey threw him a deep ball. In this game, where I thought Miles could have came down with it, I think he will as the season I expected, goes on. I expected him to. So, yeah. Listen, I, I you can't, can't come down with all of that. When was the last time he really played football? Like, I don't know. Has, has he been playing no, the last year so. since he graduated college? Like, I'm saying, like, first day back in it yeah. take, might take a little bit. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I thought you know they, it was night and day. They moved the ball. They converted in the red zone way more often. Um, Mikey, get, you know, hurts his finger, breaks his thumb, really. And Vin steps in, plays quarterback for that play, throws the uh, conversion to Rich Ritter. Nice clutch play by Rich Ritter as well. To that put them up one. That put that, that gives put the, them. Yeah. That's the game right With there. Like, I think it was a little under two minutes. To yeah, go. that's the that's the game right there. And um, they get really clutch contributions from um, Antonio Rocchio on this last drive. Has two catches. Um, Mikey, we were talking to Mikey about it yesterday. You know, he was very confident when he got the ball. Like that's a confident team right there. They're missing Brandon Giles as well this week. So um, you know, I, I think they they are missing some explosiveness, but you look at you look at the versatility that they have. Like they run plays where you know Vin is coming in motion, and then he takes the snap, and he's at quarterback, and then you have Mikey, who's like six three, lanky, and has really good hands going out there. You know, being a receiver out of you know kind of the backfield. So um, I, I think you know as Miles gets a little bit more acclimated to the league, you'll see even a bigger impact from him as well. Uh, I think Rich Ritter is another really good athlete as well. And I know he had that drop in the first game, but I expect him to make big plays the way he did on that conversion late in the game. Um, Wiz was really big in the second game. You know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but, you know, he catch and run, like, he makes people miss. Like, when he he gets the ball, and he really makes people miss. He had, um, I think it was a crazy juke move on, it might have been, been on Tommy Torrey. He just had a... A crazy juke move where it was kind of him one-on-one in the open field and he just picks up like an extra 15 20 yards if i'm not mistaken on that play so i think whiz off the line is huge miles gets a little bit more acclimated you get brandon giles back you have the dynamic duo with vin and mikey either one of them could play quarterback or receiver because we saw vin this week absolutely dominate at receiver i think mikey has the same potential to dominate at receiver as well if that's what he really wanted to do and i think anytime you you know you have that because how do you prepare for that like how do you prepare for Vin going to play quarterback for a play and Mikey stepping outside like it's hard it, it gives you a little bit of a different element I think they're the only team in the league that can really run something like that and even when Brandon Giles is back then you have three guys who are very capable <laughs> of throwing the deep ball and playing quarterback and playing wide receiver so they're a really versatile team I'm happy that they came out and they were um and they and they tied at 1-1 when they made their series their season record 1-1 one one on the year after losing you know, kind of a heartbreaker to the Bucks earlier in the day yeah, no, I think the Packers, um, I already publicly apologized to them on this podcast. They played much better. I expect them to be even better next week. Um, more creative play calling. Definitely going to see Vin. I think we're going to see a lot more of Vin Gargano throwing the ball. And I believe that um, 
he's going to be able to. They're going to be able to make some plays, and they're going to be they're going to be there when it's all said and done. All right, let's talk about the Ravens. Yeah, can I start? Yeah. Um, now this isn't a slight to the Packers, but this game could have been a Ravens handle. No, Mikey said victory. it as well. Yeah. Um, Rob missed not necessarily every single one being Rob's fault, but at the end of the day, he's quarterback. And that's where the blame falls. We all know that when we're playing quarterback. Um, Missed a couple throws that would have changed the game. Had Pete wide open on the other side. It's a hard throw to make. One side or the other. He is a little open. You don't have to necessarily throw it as hard. Um, threw a little overthrow. Um, Mahmoud wide open deep downfield. was a, a, a blown coverage. He was wide open a few times. He just Mahmoud got was open all Mahmoud, game. Yeah, all Mahmoud, game. Mahmoud had a, a couple of plays where he was wide open and um, Rob just didn't see him or overthrew it. or I, He knows he played bad. Um, he knows he didn't play well enough to win. Um, but he knows that. It, it was there for the taking. Uh, he gets a little bad luck with the Harnish uh, play touchback. That would have been a touchdown. That would have been the, the one. game like, changer. Probably that win the game. After probably that. win the game. He would have gone up two. Would have got, would have gone up two scores. Let's with, also t- give John Harnish his props because he's a beast on defense and yeah. offensively. He was making a bunch of plays for them. Uh-huh. Huge difference for them because you, you know he was out last week. He Missed gets hurt very early. Plays, yeah. yeah, he gets hurt very early in the game. Comes back and is an absolute beast. Um, Kurtz, when we talked about it on the podcast, I think you, you we have to mention it here. Spo needs to get a little bit more involved. He needs to have opportunities to go up and make plays. Like you draft him in the first round for a reason, right? Like you take him in that sec or that second round. He's, yes, your, he's one of your first two picks for a reason. Rob was really excited to play with Spo. He needs to get him more involved. Yeah, I expected. I expected um, Spo to be more involved. Um, I'm gonna say to Rob what I said to Chase after the game: If you call the hitch, throw the hitch. If you call the out, throw it. Unless it's really not there. Yeah. But Rob, every play seems like a broken play. It seems like he's just rolling right or left and left a lot more than right. And it seems like he just isn't getting the ball out, not making quick enough decisions. And I want him to watch the film, see that. Like, when you're watching film, I'll give it a real quick thing. The way you should break down film is you should watch the play once through so you know what happened. And then every two seconds or so, you stop the film so that you can see, oh, if I would have thrown the ball here, it's there. Oh, if I would have done anything, it's there. Like, it, you can see it on the film if you break it down correctly. And he needs to make quicker decisions with the football in a sense. It seems like Rob is so used to being under pressure that he'll roll out of a clean pocket. So and like then just it's his body just does it Because there will be times where he has a clean pocket and he's standing back there and then he'll just roll out to either his right or left and it'll just collapse instantly and that's why he's running so i think rob needs to take more time in the pocket sit back there and like try to look at the field before you know running for your life yeah no um i think that's a good point and but the same token, offensive line for the Ravens just needs to maybe improve their play a little bit. Um, I thought he had, I thought he had some time in this game, a little more time than he did against the Cardinals. Um, I'm not off Rob Bell though. This was Cole plays. Like, Cole plays really just like this one. This one more than other games. Cole plays really changed this game. Um, like I said, the couple of missed throws and the Harnish touchback was really all that. Put the icing on the cake for the missed plays, missed opportunities for the Ravens. Um, they have a good team. They're talented. Um, Liam and Spo, two great outside receivers. But Rob needs to step up his game, and that goes for any quarterback that it might not be playing that well yep, right just, now. Just Rob knows this. Up. He didn't play his greatest game. Missed a few throws um, that could have won them the game. I hope and his I'm, team doesn't give up on themselves. No, they, they were right games. there. No, I, that's all I'm, yeah. I'm saying. They, they they were tasting. They were tasting it. The, yeah. the victory, and they just couldn't. Put it together for forty eight or forty minutes. They put it together for thirty eight minutes. I still just... really like their roster. I still really like um, no, their team. Too. I think Rob has a really good team. I think the Ravens are a really good team. Rob just needs to play a little bit better, make some of these throws. He knows that. I fully expect him to come out and, and play better as the season goes on. Yeah. No. Um, me too. I am very excited to hopefully see the Ravens make a playoff push. All right. Let's get into the stats and wrap the podcast up here. For the Ravens, Rob Bell finished eleven and twenty three, hundred fifty eight yards. Um, had a touchdown rushing, a touchdown throwing, and had a pick six. So he had a big day. Um, five rushes for 52 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Liam Knowles, two catches, 18 yards. We'll love to see him get more involved. Spo, two catches, nine yards. Needs to get more involved. Pete, two catches, but had eight targets, 15 yards. Tommy Torrey had the big touchdown, 57 yards. Um, 
49 yards, Fanshawe 57 yards and two catches. Mahmoud, one catch for five yards. Harnish, three catches, 54 yards. Had a sack. Um, two pass breakups from Mahmoud. Felt like he was open all day. Needs to get hit, possibly make sure we find him. And uh, Spo pass breakup and a lot of tackles. Two, a bunch of people had two and one tackles. And for the Packers, Mikey finished 11 to 21, 160 yards, threw three touchdowns, had an interception, one rush, 12 yards. Uh, Vingargano finished four for 63 touchdowns. We talked about his bid day already. He had a pass breakup, um, a tackle, he had caught, and the conversions. Uh, Vinarino, one catch on five targets, also had a sack and a tackle. Uh, Latempa had two tackles. Miles finished with only two catches for 25 yards. Also had two tackles. Um, six targets again, though. So yeah. it's good to see Mike Zim throwing the ball. Uh, Wiz, two catches, 40 yards. Made a couple big plays in that game. Also had an interception on the last play before the half. Rokio, two catches, 35 yards. Two big catches in a row um, on a drive that they ended up not scoring, but they were about to, about to score. So I love to see him get involved, uh, former Browns guy. And uh, Rich Ritter had uh, the game-winning conversion. And Schaefer made a big fly grab on the last possession on second down, I believe. Made a really big fly grab for them that saved, not saved the broken play from being something big, but listen, fly grabbing is important, and he made a big play. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to be it for the podcast week. We will catch you guys. I, wait, can you give me a uh, quick power rankings for your for your power rankings right now? You want to do it on the? We'll do it on the week on three, the preview. Week two preview. We will have a week three preview. We and when my dad is here, we'll do the dogs. And of the week. Yep. yeah, we'll do dogs of the week. We'll do Tommy and TJ's power rankings before we do the picks and talk about the game. Yep. So you guys will have something to look forward to. Just so you know, if you're still listening to us right now, um, pictures should be out today or tomorrow. Videos probably tomorrow, maybe on Wednesday, the latest. Um, and stats week four and anything else. I'm trying to spread the content out through the, throughout the week so it gets us through the weekend that we're not just getting it all in one day. So you'll have something to look forward to. So uh, yeah, Everyone, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Make sure to subscribe on all platforms. We will catch you guys on the podcast later this week for the week two week three preview we'll catch you then peace